Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is February 5th, 2023. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's Issues in Under an Hour. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How are you, my man? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I just want to say to the uh, the audience, like you, you really need to go back to what we did yesterday. Uh, we actually had uh, Rod Giltaka of the CCFR, the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, on the show, and um, I, the forty minute discussion we had with him was uh, was excellent. Um, it was very honest. Uh, the, he he, you know he he basically said, yeah, the removal of those amendments is a start, but they fully expect that those amendments will be reintroduced um, within within weeks or or um, months. Um, so, uh, but yeah, please go listen to that uh, interview we did with him yesterday. Uh, it was a really good discussion, and um, I I think whether you are a firearms owner or not, you're going to find it very interesting. Yes, and by yesterday, Lewis means Friday, so two days ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I do mean, yeah. yeah. And a couple more housekeeping notes. Um, Eastern Canada, Ontario, Quebec, and, and Points East, you're welcome for the cold weather. We're happy to send it your way. No yeah. Card. And in Ottawa, we reported last week that there were protests for the Jordan Peterson speaking event at the Canadian Tire Centre. Well, that went off without a hitch. Not even a single protester showed up. So uh, with apologies to the Ottawa Queer Arts Collective, the Canadian Anti-Hate-Wet Network, the Centre for Gender and Sexual Diversity, and others, um, thank you for stepping aside and letting Jordan Peterson do his thing. Well, it makes you wonder how many people actually are members of those groups and that it's not just one person calling themselves a group. Um, because, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all that noise and absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm grateful. I mean, I'm happy to have Jordan Peterson able to, to do his thing and not be canceled. So yeah, absolutely. That works for me. <clears throat> okay. Yep. So on the show today, Canada, Tony backed the block. BC's messed up. C11, one step closer, the Halton Regional School Board back in the news, and more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, I think if uh, our audience is anything like me, they're going to want to know why you back the block. All right. Well, let's start there. Yep. It's, uh, now, on this show, we're not afraid to call out those with whom we disagree on a general basis. In fact, that's what our show is based on. And sometimes even those people will get something right. And this time, the Bloc Québécois actually said something I, I agree with. And that is um, Yves-Francois Blanchette, the leader of the Bloc, spoke out against Trudeau's appointment of a, let's see what her title is, Canada's Special Representative on Combating Islamophobia. Uh, the lady is called is named Amira 
El-Gawabi. She is a self-proclaimed activist. And yes, she is now our new czar on combating Islamophobia. And Yves Francois Blanchet said, not only should she not be the said representative, that the position itself should never have been created. And I could not agree more with Mr. Blanchet. No, and uh, I agree with him as well. Um, that that position just should not be in existence at all. And uh, and he, and and since it is, she shouldn't be the one who has the uh, the position. And uh, I'm sure you have some evidence as to why. As a matter of fact, I do. She has um, said a few things in the past that are somewhat inflammatory. And she wrote in a 2019 Ottawa Citizen column, and this has been widely cited within the medium, media, sorry. And she said, quote, the majority of Quebecers appear to be swayed by anti-Muslim sentiment. And this, of course, was in reaction to the, uh, I can't, me can't remember the bill number in Quebec, which was the one with banned religious garments in the workplace at any rate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so that was a... Uh, her opinion piece and of course she has walked that back she apologized for it now and this this is a thing i'm mean, I'm just gonna sidebar right off the bat four minutes into the show i really hate it when political figures or even anybody in who is in media apologizes post getting caught it's not i apologize for saying that quebecers are a bunch of anti-muslims racist etc i apologize for for getting called out for saying that Quebecers are anti-Muslim. So it's like it's like the, the whole I'm sorry you're offended, not that I'm sorry I said it. And that just that really bugs me. Yeah, it bugs me too. And and because I mean off <laughs> the overwhelming majority of the time when they say it, it is totally not believable. And <laughs> they uh you can tell just how insincere the sincerity is. And uh, often, and, and and you know, the commander in chief of insincerity, of fake sincerity in this country, is our own prime minister. And uh, you know, because his voice gets soft, and he starts speaking slower, and puts some inflection in his voice to show you how much he cares, and that just irritates me. You forgot the crocodile tears. Oh, yes. Yes. He'll <laughs> cry on demand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now, um, that isn't the only thing that uh, Miss Al-Gawabi has said in the recent past that might have gotten some Canadians upset. 2021 Toronto Star column. Now, notice, by the way, Ottawa Citizen, Toronto Star. She's not exactly writing in the National Post here. So uh, she's sticking with the with those media with who she would normally agree on the left. So in a Toronto Star column in 2021, she actually called for the abolition of Canada Day and, quote, other festivals of European Judeo-Christian storytelling. Now, she uh, said Canada Day, of course, is one of those, you know, love this word, Canada, colonial holidays. And then she wrote in a diff, also in the Toronto Star that the British monarchy 
owes their very existence and survival that is built upon the oppression it benefited from throughout its shameful history. This is exactly the kind of person I want to be representing Canada on the world stage. Has she, has she any knowledge whatsoever of the history of Islam? <laughs> I mean, she's kind of describing Islam as well. I mean, let's not, I'm not, oh, sorry. I am not being Islamophobic here um, because we have an anti-Islamophobia uh, czar in in our country now. So that's not possible for me to be um, uh, Islamophobic. Um, just like we have gun control. So, you know, no criminal is going to use a gun now. Um, it's <laughs> the thing is, is that what she is saying is, you know, that colonialism, like this, this country that she lives in is, is bad and evil. Yep. And that the people who live in this country like to celebrate that bad and evil and that makes us bad and evil and she has to live among us she has to live among these bad and evil people and that's not good that's bad um and uh and it's it's frankly it's disgusting it's reprehensible to say the least um saying that the you know the majority of quebecers are swayed by anti-islamic uh rhetoric and and such is is um that is that in itself is um promoting hate and division and our prime minister does this on a regular basis and she's doing the same thing, which means, which, you know, you, you completely understand how they're best friends, but. Well, it's, it's yet one more example of activists in the Trudeau government. I mean, he himself is a climate activist disguised as a prime minister. And, you know, he's promoted environmental activist Stephen Gilbo to be the environment minister. And it's just, he's got activist judges that have been appointed even under the Supreme Court. And it's just more activists in his government and and again they've all got one thing in common that they all hate canada and what canada stands for it's it's shameful i mean i'm reminded of that cbc article this would have been i think after the 2021 election or maybe 2019 election there was a lady who was who was muslim and was working as a polling clerk in ontario and wrote this article about how you know a lot of these older ladies and stuff were being very, very nice to her and asking questions. And then she said, well, and they probably all voted conservative and talked about how hateful these people were, even though they were all being really nice and friendly and whatnot. And she got called up, called to the carpet for it, thankfully. But this just kind of makes me think of that incident and think, okay, now we've got it on steroids. Yeah, well, and I mean, by, by appointing this woman, the prime minister is saying that, that Canadians as a whole are racists and um, and that it's a problem that needs to be dealt with. And that's that's such crap. 
I mean, Canada is the most welcoming country in the world. Is there Islamophobia here in Canada? Yeah, of course. There is everywhere. Is there racism in Canada? Yeah, of course. There is everywhere. Is there sexism in Canada? Yeah, of course. There is everywhere. But it's less in Canada than it is anywhere else. All of those things are less in Canada than anywhere else. In fact, they're so low that there isn't very much of it. Um, there is, there is some, yeah, but it's so it's such a small amount that it's barely worth mentioning. And I mean, I'm not, and I'm not being insensitive to the people who've been on the receiving end of it. We have, we have a government right now. Our prime minister has been fomenting hate between different groups of Canadians for seven or eight years now that uh, we now have people that are sexist towards men. We have, people who are racist towards white people, even though they themselves are white. Um, it's, we have people who are uh, anti-Christian, even though the majority of Canadians are Christian. <laughs> um, it, it's, we, and now we have people that are anti-Canadian because of our prime minister. And I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, our prime minister, you know, many years ago said that Canada was a post-national country with no uh, identity and that, uh, and that uh, uh, Canada has no values. Um, so, I mean, when you have a leader that says stuff like this, what do you think is gonna happen? We're going to have a country that, you know, turns on itself. Yeah. And actually, let's segue that into uh, to our next topic with the anti-Canadian sentiment. The Halton Regional School Board is back in the news. Now, the Halton Regional School Board became world famous for Trafalgar High School. And, well, a, a certain teacher there. Kayla Lemieux. Now, Lewis, you have always given the best description of who Kayla Lemieux is. So if you wouldn't mind reintroducing Canada to uh, exactly who Kayla Lemieux is in case they've forgotten. Well, I will have to admit that when you brought her name up before the show, I didn't know who it was um, until you gave me a little bit of a description. Um, this is the teacher, the shop teacher that has the enormous rubber breasts <laughs> that are that are so big and ridiculous that the photos of this teacher have spread around the world because this is a male teacher wearing gigantic prosthetic breasts and a mini skirt. <laughs> That's and, the one. <laughs> and they're so big that it isn't even safe in a shop. And this, this is the teacher that we were hoping, we were, we were really hoping that this was a troll who was trying to make a point about uh, wokeism in school. 
and even the rumors that we had heard uh, were point were pointing in this direction. Well, apparently that was all wrong. <laughs> we were indeed wrong. Yes. So, um, so now you know who Kayla Lemieux is and associated with the Trafalgar School Halton Regional School Board. Well, the school board still has not written a policy on dress code for teachers. So Kayla Lemieux still gets to wear those huge prosthetic breasts, but they have doubled down on their wokeism and now have decided that, well, in the name of all those things woke and all those things of hating Canada, the Halton Regional School Board is going to be canceling spirit days from now on because <laughs> you're gonna love this Canada because they are ableist racist exclusionary and they push gotta love the buzzword colonialism no more red and white days for example canada day which we know is not in the school year but no more red and white days because they may be perceived as a reminder of colonialism and they might offend and trigger indigenous students now, Spirit Days Canada, that means in the Halton Regional School Board, no more crazy hair days, no more twins days, no more any kind of fun days whatsoever. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that in Halton, they're going to have recess for elementary kids where they're just allowed to walk around in circles and not play on any equipment should they get hurt. I don't know that, but I'm sure that's the next step. Well, they're probably going to, I mean, they've, <laughs> so when my kids were in an uh, elementary school, they had already banned tag because. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny, but it is. <laughs> it would be funny if it wasn't true. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what's happening in our school systems right now. I, my dad my dad has been a teacher for 48 years and he has been substituting for um, the last year and a half. And uh, I mean, he's 70 years old. He's still teaching. He loves teaching. Um, and I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago uh, and I told him, I said, you know, if, if I was having kids today, uh, I would not be putting them in the public school system. And he agreed with me. Um, it, it's become, it's become this, like, I mean, it's always been somewhat of a, uh, brainwashing exercise, but it has got, it has become so blatant. And, uh, I mean, my, my kids in, middle school had a there was a teacher at that middle school that whose sole purpose was to um was to teach you know the uh diversity inclusion and whatever i i can't even remember i i i even hate saying the words um you know all of that the the the, the diversity and inclusion curriculum right that's all that teacher did and anytime anything ever happened, such as the, the, and I'm saying this in quotation marks, um, 215 um, graves 
in Kamloops were discovered, and again, quotation marks, because nobody's discovered a damn thing. Um, the, uh, this teacher ran around the school, going to every classroom, espousing uh, how, what evil people um, settled this country, who, who uh, you know, and, and the, that all these evils continue to persist today. And my kids would come home from school feeling really, excuse my language, shitty about themselves. Um, and we would have to just talk with them when they got home and explain that, you know, the things that happened, yeah, they were bad. There were some bad things that happened. Um, but we got to put this in the context of the time. Uh, and it's not excusing what's hap what happened. It just explains what happened. You know, they thought, many of these people thought that what they were doing was the right thing, that they had to, you know, that these people were savages and they had to bring them into the modern times and, and all of that. And it was about assimilation and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, um, but that's just what they did back then. And that doesn't excuse what happened. It, it certainly doesn't. Um, and, and for some reason, it's become a crime to even suggest that some of the, the that'll, that, you know, many, many of the First Nations uh, residential school attendees actually had a positive experience. And I, I know that that's true because I have actually spoken with some that had positive experiences at, at those schools. It does not mean that the horrors that, that happened to some of them didn't happen because they certainly did and they should never have happened. But that doesn't mean you go around to young, impressionable children and tell them that white people are evil because that's essentially what they were doing and what they've what they always do whenever there's something in the news in this country and uh yeah i went off on a bit of a tangent here but it, it it's all part of the same thing and now like getting rid of all these spirit days i mean my kids when they were in, in middle school elementary and middle school and even uh even in high school they had some of these spirit days it's, it was their favorite days. They would spend like a week putting together their costume for 80s day, 80s day or 90s day or for um, uh, whatever crazy hair day. They, they, my, my daughter would spend a couple of days just figuring out how she was going to make her hair all wacky and crazy. I mean, these were, the, there's a reason they were called spirit days. Is because it did it raised the spirits of the of the students, and they had a lot of fun doing it. Pajama Day was one of their favorite ones. Um, there was, it's just we're stealing, we're robbing from our kids, we're robbing joy from our kids by doing this. And the school systems are some of the worst offenders of stealing from our kids. They steal yeah. their 
they still their independent thought they still their critical thinking they still their their uh their well their self-love they they steal their uh uh their innocence um i mean they're 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 teaching sex ed as early as like grade three now and it's um i mean everything our school systems you would think that educators would know what is best for our kids but they don't yeah no that that's actually really well said they really are robbing our, our kids of well their childhood honestly it's uh that's kind of sad so um also kind of sad and this is actually right in your backyard well i guess not completely in your backyard more more of a vancouver problem but your government in bc has now decriminalized the small small amounts of drug possession we reported on that when they had first announced it was happening it's going to be law on tuesday and small amounts of meth fentanyl crack or crack cocaine should say heroin cocaine mdma or molly all starts on Tuesday. Now, the government's hoping that by decriminalizing these drugs, that it's going to destigmatize drug use and will promote or encourage addicts to go seek treatment. Well, I think we know that, boy, that's not going to work. No, no. Um, and it's funny because they say it starts on Tuesday, but really it started the day they announced it because nobody would ever prosecute somebody knowing that the law is changing in a month um so it really started like a month ago um or longer i can't remember when it was announced but i think it was about a month ago so i mean really it's been legal for a month now um and sorry i mean it's not not legal it's been decriminalized it just means that if you're found with that small amount of of drugs you can actually be fined uh because it doesn't mean that it's legal uh decriminalization just means that you won't be charged and sent to jail um, but nobody was being charged and sent to jail anyway before this um those people they, they would just have their drugs confiscated like the the cops would just take the drugs away and dispose of them um so because nobody when they when when you hear these stats of people that are in prison for simple drug possession they're all crap <laughs> that is like one of many charges that they have on that they're that they were charged with um or it's a plea bargain uh they were charged with worse crimes but they pled guilty to drug possession uh as a plea bargain um so that isn't you know what they're actually in prison for um so don't believe these these numbers uh that there's all these thousands of people in prison with minor drug possession charges it's just not true um the thing is is that this isn't just a vancouver problem i mean we have homelessness and drug use issues all over this province as you do in every province um it just seems that bc is worse than everywhere else um i mean the downtown east side in vancouver looks like an apocalypse it, it does it actually looks like post-apocalyptic it, it's it and it's scary uh go watch go watch our um aaron guns documentary vancouver is dying 
Uh, it really could apply to any major city in Canada, but Vancouver just seems to be off the charts worse than everywhere else. Um, I mean, even where I live, I mean, Penticton is the closest big city to where, uh, well, big city. <laughs> it's the closest city to where I live. Uh, and it's, I mean, there it's only like, I think 40,000 people. And the homeless problem there is off the charts. And they're all drug addicts. Virtually every single one of those homeless people is a drug addict. Um, I was driving through downtown Penticton uh, Friday night and uh, saw a guy, you know, tweaking. Like it was, it's actually kind of scary when you see someone tweaking. And it was, it was not, you know, like the road took me right past this guy and I, I was worried going past him um, that he was either going to just end right out in front of my vehicle um, or he was going to come crashing into the side of my vehicle or, uh, or his multitude of friends that were hanging around there were going to, you know, jack me. Like it was, it was not, it, it's not a, a, it really is as bad as I'm describing. It's not, it's not for, it's not child's play here. Like this is, this is pretty serious problem. It's only getting worse. We just, I just, you know, I think I sent you the, the stats for the number of people who um, have been dying from overdoses in, in BC and the, and you know, 2021 was the highest we ever had. Um, 2022 it's only 16 people less i mean it's still 2200 people for the year uh 2022 that died of drug overdose um the uh just a decade just a decade ago um it was less than half like it was under a thousand and like 20 years ago it was like under five under 300 i think it was it was, it's just, it's shocking how many people are dying from drug overdoses in BC and how it's exponentially getting worse. The, um, and by doing what they're doing, by making drugs easier to get, because they did that, they, 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 they placed vending machines in the downtown east side of Vancouver for many hard drugs cocaine, meth, um, uh, MDMA, uh, there, was a, there was a few drugs that they put in these vending machines that are on the streets in Vancouver, uh, but kids are buying them. Kids are using those vending machines. Like, who didn't see that happening? I mean, come on, you gotta be like, you, you gotta be the dumbest person alive to see that that wasn't gonna happen. I mean, come on. So kids are, they found that kids are buying from these vending machines. Of course. <laughs> um, and now there's a guy that is planning on opening a store in Vancouver that sells cocaine, meth, uh, heroin. Um, 
all, all of these these hard drugs that because they they say it's for safe supply there's no such thing as safe supply with these drugs these drugs are dangerous to use period forget whether they're laced with fentanyl or not they are dangerous to use they will kill you they can and will kill you and so there is no such thing as safe supply they just might be safe from fentanyl but it doesn't mean they won't kill you no, that's right. And uh, just as a shameless uh, self-promotion, not only watch Vancouver is dying, uh, go back through our archives for Canadian Common Sense and uh, download our discussion with Aaron Gunn on Vancouver is dying and some of the issues there. It's uh, the show itself, Vancouver is dying. It, uh, it can bring tears to your eyes. It's it's really sad. There's some of the people in there, like the one gal he interviewed who's got like one tooth and she actually seemed to have a, a head on her shoulders still. And you think, okay, if she could get over her delusions, she might actually still be able to be a productive member of society. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she was, she was claiming that everybody's addicted to something. And yeah. uh, I mean, she wasn't wrong. She's not wrong, but she was in denial that what she's addicted to is far more dangerous than what, other regular folk are, are addicted to such as your phone or money or uh your you know fancy cars um that's what she was trying to equate it to um yeah. except she was standing there maybe 25 years old with only one tooth uh because she likes you know meth i mean that's it, it was really sad um, because she, when she spoke, you could actually tell us that she's probably a smart, a smart person. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and that episode that, that Tony did with, with, uh, Aaron Gunn is, uh, back in mid December. So, um, just, just go back and listen to that episode. It was, it was really interesting. It was good to listen to Aaron talk about, uh, things that actually happened off camera too. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just uh, the policies that got us to this hellscape uh, are the same policies that they're doubling down on or quadrupling down on and thinking that the same policies that got us here are going to get us out of this. I mean, it's, it's, this is, I don't even know the term. It's just so stupid. Like, how can you be so stupid to think that the same policies that got us here are the policies that are going to get us out. But the thing is, and this is interesting, because if you go back and listen to the interview we did with uh, with Rod Gatelka from this from the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights that we did on Friday, not yesterday, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, he said something that shocked me a little bit that he actually said uh it's something that you know we all we've those of us who are firearms owners have always thought but i don't know how many of us have actually said it out loud because it uh, well i'll just say what he said he said these these are bad people these people making these decisions are bad people don't ever think that they're just incompetent they're actually bad people 
And I can't help but think that he's right. You know, like these, these, when you look at the things that Justin Trudeau or my government here in BC are doing around drugs and homelessness, you can't help but think these are just bad people. They are making decisions that are going to make things worse. You can't, you can't possibly expect anything but worse to happen. Like these, it's so obvious that the situation is only going to get worse from this decision, but they make the decision anyway. Yeah. It, no. can't, be, it, it can't be incompetence. It has to be because they're bad. They're bad people. The same thing in Ottawa with, with firearms legislation or with this, this uh, anti-Islamophobia uh, uh, director or whatever you want to call her. When, when you start proclaiming that different parts of Canadians are bad and evil and that we need to combat them and you're pitting them against each other, and you're creating division in Canada on purpose. You are a bad person. You're evil. You're a bad, evil person. And I cannot, after Rod said that on our show, I, I was like, you know what? He's right. He's right. These people are bad and evil people. And I can't just sit back and not say that anymore um i can't chalk this up it the, it happens too often and these 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 decisions they happen way too often and with no regard whatsoever for the people that they affect that is not incompetence it is because they're bad and evil people well that's actually a great way to segue into our last topic for the day, and that being C11, because, well, <laughs> they want to stop who they perceive to be bad people. But, whoa, C11, of course, is the uh, censorship bill. We've discussed that a lot in this show. It was C10 in the last section session of Parliament. Thankfully, it died on the order paper. But it came back as C11, and the Senate passed C11 with some amendments, that will now go back to the House of Commons. Now, some of these amendments, well, I can say good. I mean, the House doesn't necessarily have to accept these amendments, but one of the amendments was to protect user-generated content, which is you and I, Canada, just regular people putting up their cat videos or videos of their kids' Christmas concert, et cetera, et cetera. And they also wanted to highlight the promotion of Indigenous languages and Black content creators, fine, I have no problem with any of that. And one which I thought was fantastic, and this came from Paula Simons, who was a former journalist, and she wanted to, wanted to prohibit the CBC from producing any sponsored content, which I think is great. But as we know, it's uh, not necessarily... The Parliament isn't bound to accept these amendments. And the fact that the Senate only voted, it was 45 to 13 uh, in favor of these uh, of the bill, these amendments. Now I thought, 
That means 58 senators bothered to vote when there is, what is 105 senators? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, where's the other half? Exactly, right. It's barely half voted voted for this. So were they just not there or did they just not care enough to vote? Like, I don't really get uh, how only half the Senate votes to to pass this. It's sad. But anyway, um, let's move on because I know we're we're pushing for time. We actually have some very unusual allies in our fight against C-11. I was stunned to hear Margaret Atwood, for one, speaking out against C-11. I mean, she is barely to the right of Joseph Stalin. She is such a leftist. And she is actually vocally against the censorship bill because she says, well, actually, Lewis, you said pretty much the exact same thing as her. She came out and said that Canadian content stands out on its own and doesn't need government help uh, effectively. And uh, I think you actually said it better, but I was just like, I was stunned to hear her say that. Yeah, well, anybody, any Canadian that has been successful in uh, creating content would be against this. I mean... Because the only thing that happens when you're when you're trying to you know protect or promote Canadian content, and you have to make a law to do it, uh, such as the Canadian content laws on radio for music, um, what you're doing is is you're saying, well, we suck, so we need all the help we can get for people to hear it or see it. Um, and you're promoting mediocrity, basically, is what you're doing. Um, and it's, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. It's, uh, I've never been in favor of the Canadian content rules, even with, uh, you know, with music on the radio. And because there was a time, it was 40%. Like, it, it was 40% of all the music you heard on the radio had to be Canadian, which is why you heard, you know, Avril Lavigne uh, 18 times a day and uh, and Celine Dion like every hour you know it was that's why you heard so much of of the music and I mean I don't have any problems with playing Celine Dion on whatever radio station however many times I mean she was a great singer she's a great singer she does have an amazing voice right I mean she is world-class and it proves uh, I mean, you don't have to be a fan of her music, but it proves, you know, that, you know, she's touring all around the world. She had a, uh, you know, residency in Vegas. She didn't need help getting big. But these, like, artists or content creators who are merely mediocre, when they're getting promoted because they have to because they're Canadian. Um, it's it's just wrong. I mean, if you if you're good, if you're good enough, you will be noticed. You will be successful. I mean, look at Mar Margaret Atwood. Okay, she like yeah, we don't agree politically. <laughs> Ow, <laughs> uh, like not even a little bit. <laughs> um, but. The Handmaid's Tale, it's an amazing, 
uh, book. And the the uh, and the show that was created from it is amazing as well. I'm a fan of that show. I watch it. It is a great show. Um, but the book was fantastic as well, and that that show is based on. Um, she didn't need help because she because she was talented, and she was and she created. Uh, she created a piece of art that people enjoyed and she didn't need help. So if you're any good, you don't need help. It's, no. it's right. I mean, that's, but, but, and, and then we've got this, but, but I mean, that's only a, a part of C11, right? I mean, the other parts of C11 is, you know, like, um, well, okay, let's let's talk about this other thing to do with Canadian content is that many people who are Canadian will not be considered Canadian content. That's and right. That's, and the, the government will decide who is Canadian content based on where where your content is created, who creates the content, and of course, because it's the Canadian government, if you register at all. Yeah, you have to register with the government as a Canadian content producer. And then prove that you're producing it in Canada with Canadian people, with Canadian yeah. ideas, et cetera, et cetera. It's an absolute, absolute joke that it, it's the government that gets to decide what is and is not acceptable Canadian content. Yeah, this, you know, the government that said there is no Canadian identity. So it, it's like, <laughs> The, the 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 government the people that said that there is nothing that defines a canadian is going to define what is canadian isn't that ironic it's totally ironic <laughs> now um another ally that i wasn't expecting we would have was a liberal appointed senator david richards who is also a screenwriter so i guess that the maybe that's why he's speaking out he compared this bill to george orwell's book 1984 you have said on this show so many times that 1984 was meant to be a warning, not a blueprint. Well, our government clearly didn't listen to you. Um, at any rate, David Richards compared this bill to 1984, Nazi Germany, and the USSR. Here's a quote from David Richards. This law will be one of scapegoating all those who do not fit, fall into, or sorry, fit into what our bureaucrats think Canada should be. Stalin, again, will be looking over our shoulder when we write. I was like, ooh, harsh words, but he's not wrong. Yeah, and this goes, again, like his comments reflect basically what Rod Gitalka said on our show, and that is these are bad and evil people. Yeah, well, they are. I mean, they, they feel that they are the, I guess overbearing arbiters of what we can and cannot see or hear online they are the benevolent judges of what is acceptable content and that's that's what c11 is going to tell us it's going to tell us what is acceptable content and we had here at canadian common sense have said a few times on this show we may have made the right decision in choosing not to uh solicit any advertising or any sponsors so we don't make money on this show so we actually are not we're not content creators 
in the monetized sense. So we fly under the radar of some provisions of this bill. Yeah. So luckily, because we're not technically Canadian content, even though we're both Canadians and we're producing the show in Canada, we might be saved. But so many others are going to be falling under that government algorithm that is created by those evil people in government. And they are evil. You're, you're getting me on board here. Yeah, no, they are. I mean, they're bad and evil people. And, and I mean, cause look, look, we're, you and I are Canadians. We both live in Canada. We were both producing this show in Canada. <laughs> um, we, we discuss nothing but Canadian topics. The show is called Canadian Common Sense. And yet under C11, we will not be considered Canadian content because we will refuse to register with the government. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah that's really funny. And, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, we don't make money on this show. We, it's, it's a conscious decision not to take advertisers on this show. Um, we don't want to be beholden to anyone. We don't want to... Um, uh, you know, it'd be it'd be wonderful if we if we made money from it, but but we don't, and um, we do this all for free. <laughs> In fact, it costs us money because we have to subscribe to uh, software to uh, uh, to to produce this show. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no other way to see it. You know, when a government wants to regulate what it is that you can say hear and see um those are bad people those are bad people i mean it's there's just no other way to say it they are bad people and uh and that's that's what we've got happening right now in our country yeah and i think that's actually a good way to wrap the show up right there is uh we're back to, to ending the show on a on a sour note canada we are governed by bad people. Yeah. Flat out. So um, so thank you for joining us, Canada. Um, I'm actually happy that we're able to get back in our rhythm of ending the show on a sour note. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for joining us. And until next week, it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada.